0: I went to Film School, the podcast about film school and life after film school. I'm Zach Gladstone. And I'm Anthony
1: Moss.
2: You guys can introduce yourselves. Oh, okay. Uh, let <laughs> we'll go first. All right. Uh, I'm Chris Antonio, uh, And I'm Thomas Wishloth.
1: So how's it, go- how's, uh,
2: how's it going, guys? <laughs> oh, you know, just a little uh, overwhelmed by this whole setup experience that we went through. Yeah. I will say, like, getting to peek behind the curtain is always
3: interesting for people who have more gear than I do uh, <laughs> because normally like my, my setup is I just plug in the, the mic and go uh, the one mic that I own uh,
0: wouldn't that be awesome Moss, if we could just plug in our mics and go
1: yeah okay so what they're um, what, what, pe- what, what everyone is making very clear to me right now is that um, I need to upgrade my laptop because this uh, every time we've recorded the podcast we've ha- always had some kind of stupid hiccup that annoys everyone involved including myself the most um, but it's working now, so I'd like if we could all just move past this for a minute. At least we could talk to our guests about their film school experience. We can't just bug
2: you about it for the rest of the hour? Uh, I mean, we... Moss is an intervention. to uh, get a new laptop.
1: Okay, not wrong. I mean,
2: this is, the, this is an ongoing intervention since
1: I met Moss, like...
3: What, now, roughly 14, 15 months ago? Like, since October of knowing
2: of 2018, knowing Moss and being like, dude, your laptop is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> like, it seems like every time, every time that, like, you bring it out, it's like, there is something. There is just
1: something that you can't explain. It always seems like a new problem. The- I gotta say, I thought I was good
2: at roasting you. But-
1: <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there, there was, like, so many times in Nat Taylor Cinema where we're, like, listening to this important lecture or something, and my laptop is verring, like, so loud, like... <gasps> It's like, like a motor. Yeah, it, it literally sounds like it's a jet engine ready to take off. And I remember, um, who was it? Sarah sitting right next to me. It's like, is your laptop hyperventilated? <laughs> what is going on? What was the one like we were doing
3: the the project for seminar where we had to each create short programs? Oh, and then your
1: premiere
3: premier wouldn't export. So we just ran the short program through the premiere window uh, with the timer just kind of running along the bottom of it. It, it was like
1: really really bad <laughs> and it
0: was yeah it sounds uh, uh,
1: great it was amazing because like this was like the first thing I did in grad school yep where we had a bunch of James Donison including many other Helen Lee part of my curated program like legendary Canadian filmmakers and media creators. And uh, I'm like butchering it, like at like in every way. Poor Sarah. Sarah worked so hard at that group assignment. And she's like, "All right, Anthony, all you gotta do is cut the clips together. Look, I got this."
3: I, I mean, you did you, you ran a segment from Sally's beauty spot. Uh, yeah. through mm-hmm. Premiere. So you know what? I think I think it had like both pixels. Yeah.
0: You know, like <laughs> so I think, you saw. I
1: think you were uh, doing things really happened. I mean, like it, it, it was a rough time. Yeah. So. Uh, Chris, since you were the first one who we approached uh, to be the guest today, let's introduce yourself. Um, you know, what uh, What film school did you go to before? I guess we should introduce where you are. Just give us your journey. Give us the whole life story. Give us everything, point A to point B. Well, I was born in 1994 in a cold winter's night.
2: In- <laughs> My mother was in labor for 16 hours. And, no, okay. So, I'm currently a second year MA student here at York University along with Moss and... Uh, Fellow guest, Thomas, who you will hear about. Uh, um, I did my undergrad at Wilfrid Laurier University, which was a double major of English and film studies. Uh, And through that process, like throughout the entirety of high school, because high schools don't offer film classes, I was an English student and I thought that's where I would remain. I would like do a whole uh, MA in literature and go from there, possibly do a PhD, but God knows what I'd do with that. God knows what I do with a film studies PhD, but I'm still looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> Teach film studies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's the entire that, that's the entire career focus. Um, and through the process of Wilfred Laurier introducing me to film studies and that whole um just that, that whole world that I had not experienced at that time, I completely shifted focus and it's kind of how I got to here at York. Uh uh, along the way there's a lot of like you know personal epiphanies and revelations about what my research became what i want to focus on where where my tastes lie uh god knows like everyone like university is where we break our bad taste that we have in high school or we f- crystallize it in some people's <laughs> Just cases. embrace it or we learn to justify it really well <laughs> yeah where, where, we, where we find the words Perfected. to justify our bad taste <laughs> But, no, that that's kind of my academic journey so far. Um, it's been, it, it like, I'm sure it's like the universal, you know, academic experience. It's been a lot of self-doubt, a lot of second-guessing, a lot of crippling uncertainty. But I got to where I am now. Yeah. <laughs> I got to where I am now, just constantly wondering if this is the field I want to be in. So, I don't know if that, that's like the...
1: The kind of story you want to tell with this podcast? No, no, that was great. Yeah, That's very real. Um, yeah, and I, there's there's a lot that I want to ask you about in terms of like uh, your current MRP and like your experience in your undergrad. But first, Thomas, oh our gosh. special like guest star, surprise guest star for today.
3: Yeah, I was sitting in the in the room when (laughs) i I was carrying a big bag of stuff and goes yo we're recording a podcast chris didn't even mention
2: this he could have like given me a heads up so i could oh my well you know what i think this is the best possible conclusion where you just politely hijack the episode yeah this is great yeah i was like oh wow
1: i guess i'm doing this now um no but thomas to be fair i i wanted you on the podcast just on your own episode anyway and like it's even better to have both you guys on honestly it works great
3: because chris and i uh We're 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 often together in this room, kind of just hanging out, like practically inseparable. Yeah, at this point, basically, because we're both taking the same class, Mm -hmm. basically just sort of constantly running ideas and frustrations past each other. Uh, Yeah, for
0: those listening at home, side note: we're not recording in our usual space, which is usually my place because I moved. Now we're at the York grad lounge.
1: Yes, um, I mean totally allowed. uh, Yeah, totally allowed to be doing this. I.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> when you hear the shuttle bus taking people to Glendon, that's what that is. Right?
1: <laughs> right. Or when you inevitably hear someone shouting in the hallway next door, we're at York, baby! We're just trying to open the door because they want to see. So, Tom. Um, yeah, so
3: I guess my sort of trying to find the right place to begin here. Um, it's hard. I know, it's like really like condense your sort of journey with film and education together. Uh, so... I, I actually did get a chance to take film studies a little bit in high school as a as an elective, and that was sort of very seminal for me. I think the, I have to make the the super uncool statement that Christopher Nolan's Memento is one of the things that changed my life. You're absolutely allowed to laugh. It's like it's the <laughs> least it's the least cool thing I've ever sort of said, um, but it's also it was it was something at 14. I was like, wow, this is, is mind blowing because it is like a very sort of hyper creative thing
1: um to be fair memento is a good movie let's not like just make nolan jokes all the time like we can we can appreciate that we can do both yeah Yeah, we we, we can can sort of
3: yeah and i think that's that's often like something i sort of believe in general is like there's a lot of both two things sorry Uh,
1: interrupting you um
3: but yeah uh so i did that so i was in yeah i was in high school for that and then eventually i went into education so my undergraduate is in education from the University of alberta so i want to be a high school teacher Um, Which may end up being what happens Mm. (laughs) ultimately uh, still. But so I was in education um, roughly in about 2015. I went through a really rough patch through most of my undergrad. Like I was massively suicidal uh, and depressed and sort of all kinds of a lot of difficult things. Um, And I was trying to find like different changes in my life. Uh, Summer of 2017 would have been. I was, I had just gone out of a relationship that was kind of toxic for both of us. Uh, It did not turn out turn out very well. Uh, and I knew I needed to change. So I basically just decided that I wanted to apply to graduate programs uh, for film studies because I'd always I'd always loved film. Um, and so I spent basically that summer while I was working as a lifeguard. Um, I spent most of that sort of writing application processes I processes I applied to the major sort of universities here in Canada that would also accept a education student mm-hmm. for a film studies program. Right? Like it's not exactly like that sort of works out very easy. Um, and in the end, I ended up at, at York. Uh, then I came here, and I was massively sort of what the hell am I doing? Uh, the first three <laughs> weeks were no, but like the first three weeks were super scary because uh, again, I was from an education background. Like what I know is sort of the ability to say, "Hey, fellow teens," and not seem like a complete <laughs> <laughs> a complete imposter. Right? over the shoulder, yeah, and like that's like legitimately like what I'm good at. Um, and I ended up sort of. When I was here, I sort of realized, no, I can do this. And sort of it's been a wonderful sort of journey thus far. And it's been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. The last couple of years have been excellent and sort of we'll see what happens forward. But I wouldn't trade the last two years for kind of anything, really, Aww. which is a sort of very positive way of looking at it Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: I was about to say I'm I was so surprised because when I first met you especially I thought the last thing I was thinking of like oh this guy seems like he doesn't know what he's doing like like oh like this guy's got yeah like when I first got to York for the grad program I was like I was so so nervous because my impression of coming from the undergrad at York was that they just kind of like threw me right into the grad program Mm So I didn't exactly know what to expect because I knew what I thought was an undergrad, which I felt like I had kind of like cheated my way through. Mm -hmm. Like I felt (laughs) like I was just always like, oh, somehow these guys liked that crappy paper. Okay, I moved on. And then eventually they were like, yeah, here you go. But then I met you guys and I got so much, I felt so much more comforted and also immediately, like, nervous. Because, especially Chris and Tapas, you guys are just so smart and so interesting. And you have such great opinions on film. And I was just like, I only know how to cite Bergman. What do I do? What do I do? i got (laughs) to learn something else. I can't just only talk about Bergman. So...
2: Anyway, um, I, I hate to break to you guys, but I've talked to the rest of the cohort. You were the only two that feel that way about like that uncertainty in the first three weeks. Everyone was like fucking right out the gate,
1: perfect,
2: <laughs> ready to no, go. Perfect, like,
1: uh. No, no, it's,
2: uh, we, we were all unsure of ourselves, and many of us. still I think every, who is competent right now? Oh,
1: okay, that's no, not no, a fair no. question. I mean, not, <laughs>
2: no, no one is. But it's. But I think it's also.
3: Chris raises the point that it's I think indicative of most film school experiences. At least as far as I've sort of understood it is it's a lot of sort of self-doubt trying to figure out what do I do? What's my next option? What's my next move? Uh, what can I actually do? What can I actually do with this? Right. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of questions related to this sort of idea of am I good enough? And the answer is
2: probably Um but it's yeah.
3: hard to sort of convince yourself that that's the case.
2: Yeah, you could you could never convince yourself with the yes and or the no. It's always like maybe, probably. I'm I'm somewhere good enough. Like I got into the program. Like I my grades seem fine. Like so why why doesn't this doubt ever end? But that's just imposter syndrome, and we we live with that.
1: Yeah, you it's know? it's like this like constant coastline that you're just like walking down, and you're like I don't know if the tide's gonna just sweep me in, but guess I'll keep walking and. Hope it doesn't. And then, you know, maybe if it does sweep me in, maybe I can swim. You know, there's like, I don't know, I always feel like there's um there's this uncertainty. Like uh like especially presenting uh like a paper or or even like submitting like a grant. I'm always just like, man, this might be garbage, and I don't know yet. And they're gonna tell me, and this'll be fun, because that you know, that's I guess part of film studies, and I guess like film production as well, too, especially uh, you know, Zach coming from more of a screenwriting background than yeah. a theory background but still
0: not a grad I'm not a grad student. This whole discussion is more like York university film grad students what do they know do they know things? Let's find out. <laughs> Answer 0. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and right out the gate we were like we all don't know anything. anything
2: nothing. Um
1: this is what this program does to you. <laughs> yeah. We all came in thinking, maybe I know something. And then Mike raid comes in and says, you don't know anything, but I love you all. And then we're all like, we love you too, Mike. We don't know anything. And then
3: that's Mike it. Mike is actually like one of the things that made me feel better about being in the program. Like Instantly. The first assignment we did, um, I wrote about, I went, I went, obviously I went back to the comfort zone, which I, I wrote about Yangs of Terrorizers for the first assignment we did. Oh, the scene uh, analysis? Yeah. The yeah, yeah. scene analysis, it was a scene analysis, it was textual analysis and or you could do a film experience. As well, you could write about sort of a, a viewing experience that you had. Um, so I chose to write a textual analysis of innings of terrorizers. It might have been like a month after the assignment had completed, but he, he just kind of casually mentioned to me one day after seminar, like, it's a really good paper. <laughs> and we're just being like, oh, so a smart person actually liked what I wrote. <laughs> right? like, yeah.
1: yeah, that's got it's it's so validating when you hear like someone who you know like who you know is like obviously so well read and they've been doing film studies and film academia for so long and they say, Hey, this is good. You're like, oh my god, everything makes sense now. Things feel good until inevitably you fall back into the I'm terrible <laughs> like the cycle. But I was gonna say, so uh, Chris, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as grad students, we all have uh, a thesis or some kind of project to complete. Would, would you oh, mind we... sharing? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right, that thing <laughs> I'm supposed to Chris just darts out of the room. Like... <laughs> um, would you mind, if if you don't mind, sharing a little bit uh, of your pro- current project?
2: Uh, sure. Like, uh, I will, I'll preface this by, like, uh explaining how I got into this very specific field of uh, Japanese cinema studies. Um, So my, like... like, when I contracted cinephilia, so to speak, <laughs> um, it came from my father. That sounds bad. <laughs> Please
1: edit around. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's dang
2: it. Go on. <laughs> uh, and so, like, uh, we would have these movie nights, me and him. Like, every, like, Saturday night, we'd go to, like, a Blockbuster or a Roger's video and rent out, like, a movie or something. Sometimes Roger's a, video. I know, right? <laughs> what a throwback. Yeah. <laughs> the memories. The memories. Um, remember when they didn't just sell you phones? Remember?
1: When- <laughs> Remember when they didn't try and just push Blackberry bolds on you, like, 24-7? <laughs> like Sorry, uh, go on. <laughs> yeah. It- <laughs> Just, <laughs> the amount of
2: angst that just came out of that just, <laughs> oh So like we would have these movie nights where like uh he would kind of give me his film education, so to speak. Uh, he's not a he's not a scholar, he's not like an academic, um he's a he's in traits. So he'd like show me uh the films that he liked. So it was like the Lord of the Rings films, like um when those came out, uh, uh Indiana Jones, Star Wars. Like I got like classic American cinema essentially from him. Mm-hmm. And Independently, like I realized like, man, like there's so much to film just beyond this world that he's showing me. And so I started uh, going, to, going my own way essentially. And I started frequenting a lot of like used DVD stores just to see what was out there. Um, uh, big shout outs to the beat goes on in the Ontario area. That's where like 75% of my current DVD collection came from. And I was heartbroken when I got to this city and realized like, Oh man, they, those don't, they're just not everywhere anymore. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. So, in that process, I started to discover, like, you know, world cinema. And uh, I I remember specifically what was the film that got me into Japanese cinema. Uh, I discovered the Criterion Collection. Uh, My heart just skipped a beat there. Sorry, go on. (laughs) I'm sure this this is a common story um, among uh, film buffs, uh, cinephiles, academics. Like, you realize this collection exists out there. And I picked up a copy of their two-disc Seven Samurai release. Uh, like number two in the collection, I believe. Yes. Just <laughs> gonna, gonna pull my chest real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big up to Kurosawa. <laughs> um,
1: the young god. Big
2: up. <laughs> uh, and like, I watched it like all in one sitting, like those two discs, like split up, like just, and just was completely absorbed by it. Like this whole, this, this whole, like this national cinema. And I realized like, there's so much more just beyond this one film now. Like there's a whole world to explore. And from there, it just became my thing. Like I, the more I read, the more I watched, the more infatuated I became. And eventually I stumbled onto a DVD copy release of Sion Sono's uh, Suicide Club, specifically the Danger After Dark TLA releasing, which I still own. Like that is a Mm. like 15 year DVD I own now, which is never leaving my collection.
1: Yeah, that's a good find.
2: Yeah. And again, watching this one film and... I had never seen anything like it. It was provocative, it was bold, it was interesting, it was like frustrating. And I, I'd never been like frustrated by a film like that before. And I was like, and I just wanted to probe more and more into that frustration and realize like, oh, this guy makes three films a year. I'm going <laughs> to have a good time. And so w- when I was applying to uh, graduate programs, uh, after high school wherein like I, after high school and university where I really expanded my Japanese cinema knowledge and just my personal enjoyment of it, I realized like, this is going to be, even if I couldn't, if I could find something else or if I could choose something else, like it doesn't matter, Sono is going to be my focus. He's going to be my subject. He, his films are going to be what carries me through grad school and they have so far. So that my MRP research is looking at two of his films, uh, Suicide Club from 2001 and Himizu from 2011 and how they represent cultural trauma. Uh, cultural trauma is like a sociological uh, concept by Jeffrey Alexander, which examines how in certain ways that populations can have their national identity wounded, damaged, or changed by significant events. And I feel like these two films express that. Now, I'm not a sociologist. I stumbled into this term very recently, but it start, it just unlocked everything for me. And it's like the first time I felt like I've had a good footing on this guy's films, on my research. And like uh, in a year and a half after of grad school, I realized like, okay, I'm good. Like I have something here. So it takes a long time to get to this point, but it's been a long journey of just like discovering myself, my tastes and where it could take me and what I want to say about it, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember first hearing about your MRP and just thinking like, oh, my God, someone's writing about Sonos This is amazing. And just um, yeah. And 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 especially uh, hearing as it's developed um, with terms like cultural trauma being so powerful and um, like really to me, um, I was just thinking because I I actually I haven't seen um, all of Suicide Club and I haven't seen the other film yet. But from even uh, like the presentations you've given on your progress so far, it just has me so enamored, and I'm uh, I'm really excited to see. Well, well, the presentations of my progress have been like
2: drastically different because before I had this whole like extreme cinema angle on it, because like, hey, that's
1: that's a high school concept I want to
3: revisit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely.
1: Yeah, and and I'm 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 doubly excited uh, just knowing that you've you've, uh, this idea has, like, really evolved and transformed, and, and, Zach, you've, you've seen, um, you've seen Love Exposure. Yeah, that's but, the only one I've seen. But still, like, you know, even to say that, um, you know, Sonoshian has created such a good variety of films that, like, if Love Exposure is not, like, the those, um, well, in some ways it kind of is. Love Exposure
2: is, like, like, four
0: different movies, like, that's, and I don't mean that
2: in a bad way, like. No, no, it's, it's, like. It's a complete Sono experience in one tight four hour experience. <laughs> four
3: hour, oh, tight four Sono hours. in a box. A tight sono hour. in <laughs> <for sono laughs> <work> a box. Babby's first Sono.
1: Thomas, how how you how you doing? What's your <laughs> like, doing good? How's uh, a little tired today, but you know hold up. How's um, your uh, how's your MRP or you know thesis or your project going? It's good. Uh, before I sort of ramble on about myself, you mm.
3: mentioned that you haven't seen Himizu. Uh, mm. Give me a great idea. Um, because I am realizing I also still haven't seen the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should all at some point do a graduate cohort festival where we just I'm screen each other's so down the films from each other's
1: projects. Um,
2: <laughs> my my project can show us pretty...
1: a
3: couple of video essays or something. Else.
2: Yeah,
1: I'll just, <laughs> I'll just have a playlist of like some cringy and then good video yes, essays. Yes, please, please, like a compilation video. I really. cannot cannot wait for that. That <laughs> would be so good,
3: right? Um, no, so my research is primarily focused around Taiwanese new cinema. Um, So when I applied, I wrote a disastrous application, um, as I would like to term it. uh, So disastrous it got you into the program. Somehow, (laughs) somehow. Again, but uh, I wrote my application was, the original idea I had was to sort of do a sort of focus on disappearance of counter-programming in sort of contemporary American uh, Hollywood landscape, mainly because I sort of... Counter programming was something that I think existed much more, much more thoroughly in the sort of preceding decade to this one, uh, in the sense that you would have your major tempo releases and there would always be some sort of something else that weekend. The sort of we're trying to capture the other mm-hmm. possible markets and then that as films just got bigger that disappeared. Um, so I was originally going to say like okay so why did that disappear? Try to do an analysis on that, uh, and I also just really was not feeling that idea after basically as soon as I had <laughs> submitted that I was like this is actually not great so I, I spent that summer between uh, knowing I was coming to Toronto and finishing my undergraduate I spent that summer just sort of doing a lot of research on things uh, and I, I had I enjoyed sort of the films of every gang before but that was kind of the summer I was like you know I could do something with this uh, and that eventually just sort of morphed into the sort of current idea that it is now which is I'm Uh, I'm using A Brighter Summer's Day and Ho Shaoshan's A City of Sadness, and I'm going to look at sort of the ways that they represent history in each film. Um, Ho's film being very sort of tableau-like. Ho himself, uh, his family moved after the—it depicts the February 28th incident, uh, sort of very infamous kind of crackdown uh, of the KMT— authorities that sort of resulted in martial law on the island uh and sort of the slaughter of thousands of people it's a film that's about that but it's done in the sort of usual hosha shen way it feels like you're sort of thumbing through photographs you're mm-hmm. finding out sort of ancillary it's basically because it, he he arrived in the island afterwards it's sort of like he was discovering the history itself through the documents as he was generating them so that's why the film feels incredibly sort of documentative in a sense whereas Yang's film takes place a little later it's more of a personal memoir it's sort of the way he uses light and dark and shadows in that film is sort of designed to uh, convey feelings about what you may or may not know about the history that you think that you know so I'm kind of exploring the sort of compare and contrast between the two Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of roughly where that's going uh, at present.
1: Yeah, yeah, another MRP I'm super excited about, not just because I'm like, the biggest Edward Yang fan or anything like that, no, 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 it's, it's, tri- <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I, like, uh, Thomas is another one who, uh, every time, uh, I, I, I would just be so excited to hear what new developments are going on in that research, because, um, I would always look at my own research and go like, okay, so this is the same thing, uh, this is still just like, YouTube video essays might become ads, like, but, like, you know, you guys are actually, like, exploring, like, such interesting films and such interesting historical context as well mm-hmm. that there's just so much rich, important nuance to that. Um where uh I guess maybe I, I felt less about my own stuff, but like well, I'm just so excited still for that Taiwanese new cinema uh like analysis. Because I've true. I haven't seen a lot, truth be told, um of those that era besides like Yang classics. Yang classics. Um yeah,
3: I mean I didn't I haven't seen a lot of Ho outside before I started research and thus I ended up doing a lot of sort of his stuff Mm. um the really good one is Daughter of the Nile Mm. which is is the super underrated Ho Xiaoshan classic uh it's takes it's about a woman who works in a multi-story KFC in Mm. Taipei yeah (laughs) like and it's like super sort of like against modernization when it's incredibly sort of fascinating portrayal of the urban Taipei as it sort of spreads further into sort of the receding Natural landscape. It's interesting. Chris maybe can attest to this as well. Uh, Moss brings up sort of massive changes, but that was one of the things I found was I just kept have to whittling down the project. Like my project started so big. Mm. Uh, I was like originally trying to do a full scale interrogation of the entire Taiwanese <laughs> Taiwanese New Wave. Like <laughs> why it why it grew and collapsed. Why it sort of tried to have a re- rebound in the early twenty first century. Like what has happened in the prevailing years. Like I wanted to sort of set up a multi idea that just sort of was way too big uh, and now sort of been shrunk into a sort of manageable
2: document that I can work with now. Um, yeah, and my original idea was uh, really focused on industry studies. I wanted to look at the Japanese film industry and the ever-changing concept of the auteur like which is like you know a a western uh film theory and how it has shaped our impression of the japanese film industry like that that project was like fine like i'm sure i could have maybe managed that but i did not have the resources to really study the japanese film industry none of that is really translated into english and again that's a massive project i'm looking at like a Close to a hundred-year industry, and using one filmmaker, Sono, as like the the kind of new breed of, of, of tourist, uh impressions of this industry, and through that process, it got pared down more and more. And I, and through the through the insight of my supervisor Sharon Hayashi, who I'd be remiss if I did not shout out because she's oh, yeah. she is the she reason deserves th-
1: yeah. a big shout out. for She sure.
2: is the reason why I'm here. Did you? Gentlemen also get the phone call from her. Oh, yeah, yeah you have, I get a full sort of meeting with her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a like a, the most reassuring Skype call ever. I was so nervous, and then like within a second of talking to her, I was just like, oh, somehow I feel relaxed now. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, uh, this person's gonna maybe not take care of me, but like Sharon is just so welcoming. Mm-hmm. So, like, just talking to her, you just feel so open. And you're like, oh, wow, thanks. Like, you're just so nice immediately i had, i had like a one i was like uh coming from my job
2: at a post office like uh my part-time job at a post office and i was waiting for a bus and i got a call from her i've completely forgot i forgot that like uh, we scheduled like a phone call and so at a bus station like we had talked for an hour i just like bus after bus go by and just like Essentially had her reassure me about both my research idea, the directions going, and just inform me about the program. And through that whole process, like, okay, this is going to happen now. Like there's there's no other way that this can go on unless I go to York University and work with her to some capacity. And um and through her insight, it's how I pared down my project from this massive industry analysis to just this uh this like textual analysis of this one filmmaker. And from there, it's like what she kept telling me, like the same kind of advice, like what are these films telling you? Like what do you want to say about them? And it's like, I don't have those words yet, so I have to do more research, and that that's where I came across my main focus, and mm. it all just clicked into it. So, just like uh, Kurosawa, big ups to Hayashi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I that's uh, that. Yeah, I, I I definitely I can I can definitely attest to the ability for the faculty, especially here at York. Um, I don't know if you guys have any like favorite faculty members from uh, where you guys did your undergrad, but I can definitely say uh, at york um the faculty here is so great at like reassuring you and and letting you know that like not only um are you are you on the right track you know and like they'll, they'll they'll tell you that you're on the right track or they they'll tell you that you you're not in a nice way but they'll also like you know go out of their way to make you feel welcome and they're all very nice and pleasant people mm-hmm. like i I at least uh, at least in the studies <laughs> portion because, you know, but um, there's, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I I'm often intimidated, I think, by uh, especially like senior faculty who I might hear. It's like, oh, you know, the blank has wrote the book, uh, written the book on Cronenberg or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, OK, uh, geez. But then, you know, you meet them and they're just so nice and uh, they really make you feel like you can contribute to uh, a conversation that you think might you might be initially intimidated by right like you don't want to like mess up you know whatever question or comment you're about to make about something that they've studied but they're always just so ready to make you feel welcome i, I love that Yeah, no, it's
3: he definitely speaks the truth on that front it's this university is pretty cool in the sense that it's a wonderful sort of faculty the there are other sort of prevailing issues, like with all universities. However, like yeah. the
1: there are many prevailing well, issues mean, about this. Know, it as,
3: as diplomatic as I can possibly suggest, um, Ooh, let's not just go off on. But yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, let's go. Okay,
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, a bit. <laughs> you
3: said too many nice things. It's like yeah, we just spent like a good half hour praising it. It's yeah, time um, to. But it's great. it's definitely sort of the faculty here is is wonderful. It's mm. um, it's, you get a really sort of welcoming sort of atmosphere from time to time
2: yeah I was blessed in, I was blessed in this uh, regard because with Laurier uh, they have such a small film program where it's like five six faculty members like in total and through the process of going through their film program like they become like your because you have so many classes with them and they're also like such unique strong personalities you become like essentially friends with them and it's the same kind of atmosphere I'm getting from York, which is so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like at, at Laurier, like what was keeping me there, which is the fact that, um, which was like, was making me consider the graduate program there, even though they don't have a film graduate program like it'd be a graduate program in English in which you just focus on film studies mm-hmm. so right, it's a right. it's a bit of a mess that way because the film studies program essentially piggybacking on the English program there it's an English mm-hmm. and film studies program I love yeah right? okay so same same with Alberta yeah so. exa- ex- exactly but like the faculty there uh, t- just to quickly shout out like dr. Chang dr Annett, uh dr. Kilborn dr. Gates dr. Spring like I'm sure I'm missing one and I'm gonna kick myself later for that yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's OK. Uh, just wonderful people like and they they were what like kept me going through uh, university film studies. like, no, 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 no. Like this is like they were always there, always guiding, always, always really responsive to what I wanted to do, what I wanted to talk about. Essentially, in every class, if I could, I was able to write about a Japanese film. Like that's pretty awesome. Which is I, that's huge. Like,
1: yeah, like there was so many uh, undergrad classes where I. You know, they, you're pretty much just kind of given a, a topic already, at least from my memory. Um That's like one of the
3: interesting things about this university, um, that I think it was different. I guess I I don't know, maybe you can say what the kind of senior level undergraduate classes uh, through the studies program here at York, but like at the U of A, like by the time I hit like two hundred level or two, I guess it'd be two thousand level, um, here, it was like, All right, go write an essay. There was no like pre there was no pre selected topics. You basically had to come up with my own yeah. sort of Hmm. topics which led to some real creative stuff that i did um i i wrote one essay uh for quebec for quebec cinema where i did some fraudulentness and i oh you claimed, told me about this yeah you i claimed that pascal la uh martyrs was a, was a quebec film oh uh, yeah which was in order to sort of make an argument about homogeneity in the quebec state um hmm. but it yeah, it was some, definitely some interesting sort of things. that.
2: But you get to be creative and kind of it. I think you have to bring up your greatest letterbox list of all time right now. Which one's that one? <laughs>
1: the uh, the long one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, to be fair, Thomas, you have a lot of really good letterbox lists. I do have a good, good letterbox um. list. I think it's – it it, um, I think
3: it's titled – Let's see if we can do it from the top of my memory here. Uh, films in which Xavier Dolan makes a makes a glorified cameo would be brutally murdered, and then the funding <laughs> from said film funds the second phase of his career, and it's Martyrs and It Chapter 2. <laughs> oh <my
1: God>. <laughs> <laughs> right, I, like legitimately. I still keep on forgetting that like Xavier Dolan is like killed in the beginning of It Chapter 2 for like almost no reason other than for him just to be there because he praised the first one so much online and it's yep. like part of a hate crime like that's <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's like just dis- i like, find it's like in I, the book but, not but, that it's justifying
0: the scene but. but
1: still i still find it like distasteful for him to be like yeah i want to be that guy who like oh but it's also like super distasteful when he just like Literally,
3: someone blows him with a shotgun in Martyrs too in the first like fifteen minutes of that film. Yeah. like it's like kind of a little
2: bit out there. Uh, I mean, it's a glorified cameo, like in it Chapter Two, but at the same time, like, what fan of it Chapter One was going to <laughs> yeah, see? Yeah, like, like man, hey, the <laughs> like,
0: you know,
1: really Dolan <laughs> punk cameo. Let's go. It's, it's, like, let's it's go. like
2: it's like that in the Peter Bogdanovich like cameo.
1: It's like, who are those for? Yeah, <laughs> me, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess for like us, but <laughs> I I don't know. It's. To, it's it's funny because you you think you'd think that like the the uh, like I I have to wonder what the it chapter one producers were thinking when they like saw on Twitter like Xavier Dolan calling their film like the greatest one of the greatest films of the twenty first century I think he said or like in the last twenty years something like along those lines right
2: yeah. like wow this guy's being really nice who is he he yeah. also, he also oh, like let's get him in here <laughs>
3: he also wears his like tastes like that on his sleeve. Like, he's he has talked, like, endlessly about how much he loves Titanic. Yep. And, like, yeah. the original Jumanji with Robert Williams, right?
0: Like, I mean, I like the original
1: Jumanji. Yeah, yeah like but given... See, what's funny, though, is, like, given Dolan's, like, Dolan, sorry, or whatever, Dolan. Dolan yeah. <laughs> I add, you know what, it, if you want to really
3: Americanize it, it's Xavier Dolan.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Given Xavier Dol, uh, <laughs> Dolan's. Uh, the director taste, of the
3: Adele Hello video.
1: <laughs> yeah. Director of. Oh, Fil- that's what you said.
3: <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yeah, he directed. I'm pretty sure he used like, IMAX cameras, which yeah. is why the thing like actually looks. Amazing. like well shot. Yeah. So he, he directed. Yeah. The Adele video for Hello?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. That? Yeah. I did, yeah, I did not fucking know that. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, the, the guy who directed "It's Only the End of the World" and "Mommy" did that music video. Yeah.
2: I like how you led with "It's a, Only the End of the World."
1: I yeah, want everyone to yelling. know. Yeah. I don't want I anyone to only... forget that he made that piece of garbage. <laughs> the, one the, the one
0: with the yelling. Yeah. <laughs> I only know him from "Tom at the Farm." That was him. Right? Mm, yep. Yes. Like, yeah, was and Thomas. Lawrence, anyways. Right. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Also him, Lawrence, yeah. anyways.
1: And those, I, I, I really
0: um. I like Lawrence, anyways.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know they're they, they have. I really love um. His, his taste for, uh, like, really creative sequences, like in Lawrence Anyways with the water and stuff. I, I love that stuff.
3: Yeah, he's... It, I Like, he is his positives and negatives, right? Like, again, he's a very idiosyncratic filmmaker. That's how mm-hmm. I would sort of describe Xavier Dolan. Um, it's, it's
2: a strength and his weakness. Yeah,
3: it's exactly sort of the reality of his cinema, is that it's... You can get the sort of moment, the come to Jesus moment that I had with Xavier Dolan was again, it's only the end of the world, and he runs a sort of nostalgia montage set to the Maria He song. Yeah, uh, and everyone being like, "Oh, so this is why people don't like Xavier Dolan films, <laughs> right?" Like, cool. This sort of moment that I'm like, "This would never fly in another film." No, right? yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. just sort of does his own thing. On he's that an front. edgy
2: boy. What
1: what can you do, do, right? You my boy.
2: <laughs> 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 yeah, he he
1: is a boy because like he's yeah. I mean, okay, so. Uh, let's let's get off this topic. change. Um, no, <laughs> it. let's just keep going. No, 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 no not, <laughs> not, Let's see if this takes us. Not, yeah, like, let's see. Yeah, more ready.
3: More zapped takes, more
1: I mean, uh I, I actually remember uh when I start I was I was thinking that I, I don't know why, but when I I did my first tutorial, when I was Mm -hmm. teaching my first tutorial, and I was asking my students to go around the room and, like, usually introduce themselves, and I often, like, do what any most people do is say, like, oh, and if you have a favorite movie or something, what you recently watched, you know, and it's basic, every undergrad film class does it, but whatever, it's just a nice way to – I was expecting, for some reason, like, I'll get one – you know Denis Villeneuve Or a Xavier Dolan fan You know Like some Something right Some Dennis Vanilla Wave Yeah, yeah. D- Dennis Vanilla Wave uh, <laughs> Or you know Maybe a, like an Oboe Killer Salami Or an In a Car Birdman uh, uh, You know Just yeah. Freddie yeah. Felony Freddie like, Felony Some kind know. of like You know so, so One of these kind of Either <laughs> Classic or kind of Contemporary uh, We could call them Auteurs Yeah tour. You know I was expect, But no I got I got I got more than one student Saying Office Christmas Party now, I don't know you guys remember that film. I remember that
0: film. I yeah. I watch it. Is Michael My, B. Jordan
1: I, in Office Christmas Party?
3: I,
0: is who? Is Michael he? B.
1: Jordan. I'm pretty sure Michael B.
3: Jordan.
0: I know that, like, Jennifer,
1: Jennifer Aniston and Jason Bateman are in it, and that's I They had all I a remember. really weird, like,
0: Mad Libs cast for Office Christmas Party. <laughs> it was Jason Bateman, Jennifer Aniston, I think, um... TJ Miller? TJ Miller in
1: it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Miller. it's unwatchable
2: too. then. It's like yeah. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> I like TJ Miller.
1: I'm okay I mean, TJ Miller, because all I can think about is like what I liked about uh the first little bit of Silicon Valley. And then I just think about like his weird bomb threat situation and all the other gross shit that he was like, do you remember do you ever hear about that weird stuff? What that the he fuck did? was that? No. Oh, oh
2: okay. Um the, you yo, else I'm, want the I'm, honors
1: I
3: absolutely want to hear this story. I've never heard this.
2: Uh there was a whole thing where uh it was like a comedy show that he was like performing at and he called a bomb threat in or like like he invented this whole story of like a bomb threat being called on his comedy set or something like that and there's also a lot of credible allegations of sexual abuse against him. Oh. oh yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, that's the right, that, so. that, I mean that was the yeah.
2: Big rip. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But the thing
2: is so, okay, so multiple people
3: are huge fans <laughs> of Office Christmas Party.
1: Yeah. Like because, you know, I don't know. I, I was expecting... We were joking... Zach and I were joking the other night. Like, oh, obviously, like, we're going to get, you know... My favorite film was The Dark Knight or Inception or whatever. Like, the usual fight club, fight club you know. Which is fine. And I don't... that that's those are, those are those fun Yeah, Pulp Fiction. The, the usual kind of, like, film bro answers. Yeah, it's fine. Which, you know, and I'm like, hey, that's that's fine. But, but like, the students um, in a tutorial that um, I was teaching did not have those answers. And I was a little... I was a little perturbed at first, Can but I've I really come around hand? to them. Can you say some of the other answers? Yeah, like okay, so
3: I'm curious. So you have
1: office what Christmas like party. like five examples. So uh, I did get a few really great answers. Like uh, someone said, "Virgin suicides," and I was like, "Oh, so we've got right, some so Coppola fans fan and stuff." The room is yeah. like freaking out. Yeah, me. yeah, exactly. So it's like <laughs> you know we've we've got some good stuff going on here. We we've got. Uh, That's the one. That's uh, the one I'm going to connect <laughs> with. <man. laughs> um, and you know there. But a bunch of them had said that they don't watch movies all that regularly. And uh, so then I was like, oh, then maybe a recent film. So then the common answer was like, everyone loved Joker. At all? Yeah, he had he had a lot yeah, of that shit yeah yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I did a similar thing with my first tutorial where I asked, like, "Hey, uh, I'm gonna like just go down uh, the attendance sheet and say your name and just refine like a nice breaking thing like, what was a film that you really liked last year? Like, here I'll go first. Like, my name is Chris Luciano Antonio. I really liked Uncut Gems. I thought it's an amazing film. Like, and going down the list, I want to say like sixty to seventy percent said Joker.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's. Um... <laughs> We
2: do live in a society. We live in a society. In a society. In a game, I mean,
1: um, <laughs> the gamers, they're... I,
2: I saw society before my very eyes in my first autobiography. We live film. in it, yeah. Um. And, and- I got, I got some people who said, like, oh, I really loved uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Woman. It's like, hey, that's that, nice. That is good. Yeah, like, I, I unfortunately didn't hear that, but I, I wish I heard someone I, I got one person who said, like, a hidden life. Uh, like, the, the recent Terrence Malick. Yo, was like, so hey, someone's hey, watching Terry. Your yeah, boy Terry. That's incredible. Like, I didn't even <laughs> see that one. Oh boy Terry. It's Terry time. Yeah, <laughs> Terry time. It's Terry it's time. time. Um, I showed Terry in one of my tutorials.
3: Like, I showed a little bit of song to song. Um, oh, yeah. For, for Terry, yeah, to talk about discontinuity editing and elliptical sort of editing styles that you use a scene from... Uh, song to song, hmm. which I, was I think a really good choice because it's like pretty much the entire film is just <laughs> elliptical editing on
1: on top of itself. Um, I was about to say, if you want discontinuity editing, you should watch any scene from Night of Cups, because <laughs> yeah. that that whole movie is just like suddenly, oh yeah, now we're in now we're in Christian Bale's mind. Mm-hmm. But it looks like we're in reality. Oh, now we're in a diner. Now we're and in this reality. Is re- and this is real. <laughs> but we're still... Christian Bale is actually not here right now. He's still thinking about something somewhere else. And t- t- Malik... Give me, you gotta give me, like, a little more exposition. Just a little more something here.
2: I can't follow. This became, like, a whole running joke between me and Thomas about, like, um, him hosting Terry time in his tutorial. Yeah. Like, find like, a way to and, work Terrence Malick Everyone, It's like a Yo Gabba Gabba, like, segment. It's like <laughs> everything breaks for a second, like, uh-oh, it's Terry time! <laughs> like, uh, like, his whole plan like like, word of the day, all the furnitures are <laughs> yeah, <podium. exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> It's a Pee Wee Herman bit. Yeah. Like, and, like, uh, for, like, for example, we, we did documentary and, uh, and Terry Malik uh, he produced the little pee documentary everybody's everything so i showed a, i showed maybe a minute from
1: everybody's everything so like terry yeah. time lived on for that week yeah. i it keep was. on forgetting that terrence malick produced a little peep documentary he loves sad boy music that, yeah, he's a he's a weird what man. happens when terrence malick directs the filthy frank joji documentary
2: oh i oh i God. think it'll be
1: one of the best documentaries cuz i'm i'm right. so there for that <laughs> like that might be like the best film he ever makes cuz and that would also just be honestly like a
3: a Joji film would just be super fascinating to find out like what happened to him sort of in the sort of between of kind of transitioning out of being Filthy Frank to becoming Joji this sort of
2: mental breakdown that he had uh, just a,
3: that basically caused him to sort of like give himself ulcers or something yeah. yeah
2: yeah the transition of like sincerity in like his work and like and how it was like technically always present in the Filthy Frank stuff it's just like man I just can't do this anymore like, I don't like this anymore yeah, yeah like
3: um who's the when he went full Chappelle and basically but like I just said <laughs> not, I no no de- not that not i that. can't <laughs> i can't deal with you like in 2004 when Chappelle like sort of said i can't deal with uh, the my audiences anymore right like, i'm actually d- really disturbed like when joji went that point like i think he just like mentally had like a just a breakdown uh
1: which well, led to him becoming sort of the generic hipster sort of music <laughs> artist that he is now. <laughs> I mean, like, he does make, I'll, I'll admit, like, not the most inventive sad boy music, but I think it's a little more listenable than some of the other, of his contemporaries. What I was going to say, too, is that, yeah, actually, it's a really good point, because I, I was I was such a, at the time in high school, um, forgive me, but I was a very, very big Filthy Frank fan. Like, I, I kept very good, close track, and um proud of yourself no Um, (laughs) (laughs) the best response (laughs) like just wondering (laughs) what's what's fascinating to me is that like I'm not really surprised that he had that Chappelle moment where he, he has to like kind of reject his audience because you know like to be fair like what did what else could he have expected to cultivate with that sense of humor and that like Rash video style, you know what I mean? Like, what what other kind of audience was he going to get? And like, he
2: he was he was aging. Like, he was getting close to being like a thirty year old man. And it's like, do you really want to keep putting on this pink leotard? And yeah, running around <laughs> running around New York. Like,
1: <laughs> to be fair though, that's gold. I miss pink guys so much. Like, my uh, introduction <laughs> of Filthy
3: Frank was, um, I had. I had no idea who Filthy Frank was, and just for some reason, I kept getting students coming up to me, like high school students being like, yo, Mr. Wishlaw, do you know that you look like Filthy Frank? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, like, I had no idea. I'm like, I eventually had to look it up. I'm like, why do they think I, I'm this? I was, I was
1: very confused. It was a weird sort of... The answer myself. is unfortunate.
3: Yeah, the answer is... <laughs> it's probably a- an unfortunate answer Yeah, but yeah, it was it was definitely sort of that's where I discovered this. It was like, Why are these kids like this? It was very it was very confusing.
1: I like in retrospect I watch a lot of those videos and it's I, I think that perhaps it's not um when I was younger I thought that I was actually just really buying into the shock value humor and that's why mm-hmm. like I, I I like consciously was saying, like, Oh, I find filthy Frank funny because he's so shocking and because he's so, you know, brash and kind of vile, and that's part of his shtick. And like I watch it now and I it, it's not it's – You watch not, it now? Well, I mean, you watch Go the mirrors on. on YouTube, but like, well, I, I don't watch it now in terms of like for my own betterment, but like just <laughs> out of curiosity. How many hours a week do you watch? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Go ahead. Like, like Moving on. <laughs> Zach,
1: Look up his YouTube history. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on <laughs> a second. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, anyway, just throws my laptop out the window. Um, God, I wish I could sometimes, but um, yeah, no, I mean to say that when I look back at uh, the videos now, not only are they like really not funny and just kind of like kind of gross again the point of the filth given the name but also that like they're they're so much tamer now compared to the people who make those kinds of jokes now you know what i mean like Mm. how characters like like i dubs and and others have kind of like stayed on that trajectory of kind of the, the edgy humor right but they've in some ways kind of tamed themselves to where they're appropriate for a youtube audience but they'll still you know just like drop R bombs and N bombs and like you know just their 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 use of language is just so still um trying to uh, incredibly regressive. Yeah, really regressive. Not boundary pushing in a creative way, just in a way of like I feel I I face no consequences for saying this because my audience doesn't care. So like yeah, every edge of YouTube comedian has that like
2: epiphantic moment where it's like sometime in like two thousand seven, like oh slurs,
1: <laughs> I got it. <laughs> This is my humor! <laughs> so, okay, I guess this is like a film school podcast. Should we should we ask these guys about their undergrad? I mean they kinda you guys you guys gave well, us a little bit. We're like
0: almost done too. Our time's almost up. Yeah, I guess. Like um should we wrap it up. Should, should we should we wrap it up? Should we? I don't know. Should uh, we there yeah. any, there, any tidbits you wanna leave us on? Any stories, stories from your undergrad?
1: Any any little nuggets for people? Any listening, stories from maybe? your grad?
0: I mean
2: Uh like the first uh like maybe second third week of our uh contem- contemporary like um like our, our course is like basically how to how to be a grad student i broke a light
0: <gasps> what? All right! I bro- oh right oh my god so on yeah
2: yeah this is what was the, what was the actual course name like uh say and say research. methods and research, methods and oh, like research. Methods and yeah research. uh we were moving chairs around so i can get into groups and i lifted one too far above my head and there are these lights above uh above us uh, as you know where what
0: classroom was like, this
1: what I know it or uh, 230, no, 239 239 at the end of the, the hallway yeah. yeah it was where you guys did the screenwriting class all the time what
0: light what kind of lights <laughs> are there are they just no, like these lights no 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 they,
1: they, they're they like uh, like the fluorescent bars are they like no I don't, it's it's kind of like ball lights kind of like
0: uh, oh oh you just <laughs> fucking hit a ball and smashed
2: it yeah like I lifted up the chair above my head and smashed it and glass rained down on me and it was. It was. It was iconic. It was one of those moments, like, well, these people will never be my friends now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Little like, did you know, that's when I gosh, knew well, that, well, I, that, that well, I had to be This a legend. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like, yo, Chris is a legend. This is awesome. Well, like, so like, M-
2: Michael's read like the famed Canadian scholars like picking up the glass and like I run to the bathroom to check out if I'm not cut and like there was actually a rather large gash on my hand that I like hid for the rest of the class
1: I never knew about that oh, <laughs> oh my gosh what this,
2: I actually never knew this I didn't want anyone to know like oh my god I'm such a huge fucking idiot just like there's like blood dripping someone has actually. to bleed in the first <laughs> class so,
1: someone's gotta bleed on that first class yeah, yeah he was a
2: sacrifice for all of us
1: so that was the moment where it's <laughs> he like made the sacrifice
2: blood atonement <laughs> so that was the moment where it's like maybe I am too stupid for grad school
1: <laughs> to be fair, that was, like, I remember that moment because it was kind of rowdy. Everyone was, like, you know, like, we were all having a good time, and it was, like, loud. I mean, uh, naturally, I was talking Someone and shouting. Someone broke a
0: fucking glass. No, no,
1: no. And then <laughs> that's when, like, Chris, like, again, not doing anything that, like, anyone else would have done, just lifting up a chair. And suddenly we just hear, like, the glass shattering, and it was just up Oh, puff. Stone
2: cold here. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> Yeah. The- you hear like the bell
3: ringing. Oh. It was a galvanizing moment for our group, I think. Really? Yeah. I think it was like one of the things
2: that helped bring us together. This sort of <laughs>
3: that helped bring us, that helped unite yeah. us. Yeah, it was just, oh my gosh, what on earth?
2: <laughs> when, when, we, when we were doing the like, um, uh, like, uh, course evaluations at the end, like, oh, the only comment I said, like, and again, I'm so sorry about breaking the light. I do remember that. That was quite...
1: great. <laughs> did, did, have they fixed that? No, nope, yeah, they what? haven't. No, nope. it yes! haunts me. It haunts yes! me no. every single just day. It's like an empty, Socket like Yeah, it's it's just like a um the bulb is still there, but the kind of bowl glass covering is still not been That's hilarious. I yes. know. It's it's
3: wonderful because it's a testament to that will be there pro- we're, we're hoping that's there forever.
1: This well it's forever. York, so it might yeah, never, get it, fixed, so. never get fixed. It'll probably never get fixed, to be honest. Shit never gets fixed here. Yeah. Hey, at least I left a mark on this can. What did you do? <laughs> oh. I left my tray, my story, my legacy is here. <laughs> Thomas, any, any uh, final yeah, remarks? Yeah, well
3: so he was being a vandal. <laughs> He was <laughs> destroying of, property. The <laughs> highlight of my tenure at Dork has to be the Jameson Bucket, right? Yes, yes, yeah. the Jameson Bucket. It's uh, in, uh, in this in very room. Area, what? Frederick Jameson Bucket. I don't so really know what this... Frederick Jameson, big postmodern sort of scholar, He, the rough idea was I was having a hard time sort of breaking down the sort of dense chapter on Yang's terrorizers. Again, going full circle on my graduate it, experience. You're
1: trying to break down Frederick Jameson, though, yeah. so like good he,
3: luck. Who apparently sort of so a member, like a colleague of ours sort of mentioned that apparently Frederick Jameson doesn't actually write any of his stuff. It's all just dictated to a graduate student who types it out, which is why it seems like it's sort of cyclically looping in on itself and there's just but also it's triple scary because then you realize, oh, all of these sort of uh, insane references he's making to like a specific bar from Handel's chorus are actually things he's just pulling off the top of his head. Like he's just God, just knows everything ever. Um, it's just unfiltered. He's like yeah. full Socrates where like yeah. he, he doesn't speak with he's – just, he's just going. Like you know, he yeah. just like shorthand everything. Um. So I so I was having a hard time breaking it down. So I decided, uh, okay, what if I just sort of pulled key terms and then I just sort of built my project around that. I was like, what if I just had a bucket, this sort of bucket of Jameson's ideas, a.k.a. a Jameson bucket, and then people could kind of – it would get passed around the room and people could sort of open up whatever the next sort of stage of the presentation would be. Um, and put it in the Jameson bucket. Yeah, and put it in the Jameson bucket. Concepts go in here. Um, <laughs> as, as Jen Martin Cannon put it, she said, I love that you used it, sort of, I bought a dollar, Dollarama, kind of for $2, I bought a Dollarama trash bin that was orange. Uh, and she's like, I like that you use a trash bin. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of sort of uh, ideas that were attached to this. When I pulled it out, uh, our resident uh, professor, John McCullough, I think that might have been one of the most exciting things that's ever happened to him. He was so he was delighted. Amspoken. Like
2: his face lit uh, up. Like it was yeah. like the most Chris. Chris has there.
3: a picture of this. That's just like mm-hmm. one of the one of one of like the funniest things I've ever seen. In my life. <laughs> like I'm just like on like three hours of sleep. Like pointing at this like pointing <laughs> bucket, at this bucket jam- that I made button. that I made with like spit and literally with spit and duct tape. And like, <laughs> nice. and like John's just like so excited. Uh, yeah, that was thing. Like sort job. of. Yeah, it was. It was quite good. It ended up. It ended up working out really well for the sort of context of what it was trying to do um
1: that sounds which like the
3: best positive with that is that it was not just sort of a hilarious joke for five seconds it ended up actually it's, working and really and it well for your presentation. <laughs> it
2: actually ended up working out really well in the presentation yeah well, that's amazing. Yeah, so okay. th- those are our most memorable moments. Like he, he found an inventive way to break down Jameson. I broke something. I think, and I think this actually sort of matches our personalities. Chris,
3: <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris tore down the structure, and I just made a meme. Like that's basically. Yeah, that's what I did.
1: Fight tore the the power. down the structure. Yeah, 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 fight the power. Tore down yeah, the structure,
3: do and I made a meme. Yes. Okay.
1: Well, thank you so much guys for being on the podcast. No, yes, worries. thank
0: you for having us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, you know, being guests. It was an honor. Yeah. Moss anything you wanna wrap up with?
1: Uh yeah, no. Uh you know, uh, you guys are great. Thanks for coming on the show and uh yeah, I think I think it's I should listen to the podcast
0: today. too. I advise listening to our
1: podcast. Oh, I'll do that. That's yeah. Cool. Oh, actually, wait. I, I, before I say anything, oh, uh, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Chris has an amazing podcast of his own, all about Japanese cinema, how called do we, Egg how and Night. and Now
2: we're into this and not mention that. I
1: know. I, I'm so. I meant uh, to. We sorry, always forget. Really that. quick plug.
2: Yeah, we didn't mention that because like it's just bad decorum to say like I'm like hey I'm a scholar and podcast host if you didn't know. <laughs> uh, no, I said so too loudly. I host a. Podcast uh, with my best friend from undergrad, one of my best friends from undergrad, uh, Aruba Rashid. Uh We do a, it's called Egg Nights, and we, every week, we break down a Different Japanese film, and it's on a rotating schedule of like one classic, one contemporary, and eventually we'll get through the entire canon, like seven thousand episodes in. So, Moss uh, <laughs> Ma- has been an it's epi- the American Dream. Yes, yeah. <laughs> about <You're talking laughs> <a> Japanese film. <laughs> yeah, uh, Moss has been uh, a guest on the Ikaru episode, uh, Akira Kirisawa. Big Tony's been a guest. That's Whoa, that's right. <laughs> uh, the Man the, myth, the Legend. What so, is this a crossover episode?
1: This is this is indeed.
2: This is the most <laughs> ambitious crossover ever. And, and and Thomas will be a future guest on. For Steamboy, Boy. Steamboy.
1: Oh, nice!
2: Steam yeah. Boy. yeah. So yeah, like Agonite podcast. If you want to look at, we'll put a link to it in our description of this episode. For just, sure. just how like by comparison poorly produced mine is to this one.
1: <laughs> Trust me, yours is yours is great, and you you I I listened to all of your episodes so far, and you have a lot of great stimulating conversation. Um meanwhile, Zach will just babble sometimes. I don't Shout know. Out I, don't I was fairly quiet through this episode. I'm, so i uh, the people love that babble, back. I'm like <laughs> Um Tom and Thomas, you're you're also planning to to start something soon, right? We can kind of like pseudo-plug uh, something. Yeah, I mean like this, hypothetically plug. This can be like a living document
3: for a year and a half later when I still don't have this out there. My rough idea was I was gonna create a podcast titled uh, Cinema Score AF. Uh <laughs> In which everyone in this room is now a friend and thus is eligible to be asked to be a guest at some point. Um, but the rough idea is each week would sort of be two films, one of which, re- one of which received a A rating or, or better rating on CinemaScore and one of which that received a failing grade on CinemaScore. Uh, which when you sort of break down what the, that, those films actually are, it's incredibly sort of fascinating to see how flawed the metric actually is. You realize the public knows nothing. The public does know nothing. I feel like Moss's audience uh, would actually have a rough idea of Hopefully. what that
1: means. Mm-hmm. Uh, Our audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Air yeah. quotes, audience. <laughs> okay. They're out there. Okay. All so, right. thank you so much again for being on. And uh, if you'd like to... Zach, I don't know I have
0: closing words usually. No, uh, I mean just...
1: I guess like that's thanks it. Thanks for
0: listening, guys. And, uh, <laughs> we're going to try to... We're gonna to try to have our next episode out sooner than this. Yeah, but there was like a month gap. Um, Typically, we want to have we'll an try episode to fix out a month, that, but we'll, we'll try and fix it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.
2: Thanks, guys.
1: I went to film school is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss.